miserable night. I know, darling. Seance weather. Children, we're starting. Put down that antenna. Wednesday? Let us ransom you from the power of the grave. Tonight, O oh death, let us be your plague. Mama. Fester Adam, Seoli, Chorus, Ferrari, Maneba. I feel that he's near. Fester Adams, gather your strength and knock three times. Did you hear that? Ask again, Mama, quickly. By all means. Ask, ask. Fester Adams, I demand that you knock again. Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Ben. What's going on? I thought... I... Oh, all the lights went out in my house, lost electricity, and it had rained earlier today but not for hours and then i (laughs) i discovered that uh some some electrical box blew up and the power line went down and so uh, my entire neighborhood is without power who's that behind you ben (laughs) yeah i'm talking to you by candlelight it's pitch yeah it looks like you're doing a seance i am yeah Um, (laughs) it's freaking gave out a little i i can tell Gabe's giving you the side eye. He's kind of like, yeah, I don't like the looks of this. Something satanic is going on over there. I don't know what's going to happen when the power... Well, how long is your battery going to last? You're going to cut out? At some point, I might. Uh, I think I've got a full (laughs) check. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, All that needs to happen now is a ventriloquist dummy needs to sneak up behind me. We're all set. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you uh, tell us what it's like in the afterlife? I'll let, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Has yeah. my grandpa said hi? Is is he back there? It looks like him behind you. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of evil, uh, okay. I finally got a hold of this show, Evil, that's got my President's United States song on it. Uh, right. What, what happened? I uh, I paid for Paramount Plus because uh, they had uh, <laughs> Twilight Zone and Alfred Hitchcock Presents, oh, and I some episodes. And then um, I don't even know what I was going to tell you. Oh, then Ooh. I found 
Paramount Plus is running this show that my song is on that I haven't seen because I never, I didn't even know where evil broadcasts. Um, but so I found it. Can it be very confusing. Yeah. I found Paramount, found it on Paramount Plus and watched it. And then uh, it's nice. It's over the opening credits and it's like got a real spotlight on that fucking song. Uh, but then I was reading that you've got a song that Bound for the Floor is is on the new Mike Flanagan show. That's right. You haven't been promoing this. I, 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 I've honestly, I've, I've been sick and I've been busy and I haven't seen it, but I am a Mike Flanagan fan and I am glad that somebody, uh, that I respect is finally using our music in, in something. So it's nice. I'll, I'll watch it. You know, I, I'm fairly excited. But is it a kids show? I mean, I don't know. Is it's it based, is it for me? Is what's it called? Midnight School or something? Based on some young adult books. And I Yeah, never, I probably shouldn't be watching it. I don't understand if young adult I never understand what young adults mean. Is it for kids or is it just about kids? No, it's supposed to be for kids, but we as a as a society have regressed so much. <laughs> that fucking adults are reading like Harry Potter books and thinking they're the greatest things in the world and they're reading Twilight. You know, it's. Well, I, I did read the Hunger Games books as an adult and was totally be... into them. Oh, yeah. OK, so this should be the genre should be called non-adult. 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 But so it's it's young adult stuff. It's not it's not hardcore like it, it's not like Midnight Mass, is it? I, I, well, I, it's like, that would be too much to hope for, right? Yeah, that would be a lot, but yeah, maybe I'll watch it. I mean, he hasn't really let me down too hard yet. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm not sure I should be watching it because, uh, you know, it's just, it's creepy. Gabe, <laughs> all, all of your lights are on. What, what's going on with you? I don't know, but I, I watched a movie yesterday and I oh. actually like, I liked it. And I want to get the opinion of the two film buffs on the show here. You know, you want to is, get the opinion of the 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 old, the Muppet old man. Yes, because I thought it was entertaining. And I, I liked it. Some pretty big stars are in it. I never heard of it before, and it's fairly new. King of Staten. No, 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 not that. No, it's not. What's his name? I, I forget him. But some pretty big names. The movie's called Red Notice. It's got uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Ryan Reynolds. It's it was on Netflix. Uh, it's pretty big, pretty big production. Ben, you you shaking your head? I did. See who's that. the Who's the female talent? Uh, Wonder Woman. You know, Gal, whatever her name is. Gal Gadot. Yes. Is it Gadot what? or Godot? Godot. Waiting for Gal. Godot. Gal. Waiting for Gadot. <laughs> yeah, I liked Red Notice. All right. Does she sing well, Imagine? She's supposed to? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Who directed it? Let's look it up. Yeah, I haven't seen it, Gabe. I'll tell you what I have started watching is the Dahmer TV show. Ooh. Oh. And uh, I weep for us as a culture. So people love Dahmer. Uh, but are people upset about Dahmer? It doesn't seem like they are, but people yeah. cannot stop pitching. People can, what? Oh, 
Yeah, my Facebook feed is full of people upset about Dahmer. Oh, really? Oh, the, yeah. only, the, the impression I was getting was people like, this is great. But the only thing I see is people bitching about that Marilyn Monroe movie and how horrible that is. And I'm just like, really? You know, th- that bothers you? Because I saw it and I, I was pretty fucking tame. I, I don't understand what people's problem with it. The, the biggest problem is that it's pretty boring. But Dahmer, it's good, but it is fucking sick. And I'm just like, do I, can I make it through 10 episodes of this shit? I, I don't know if I can. But I think it's, what's the guy that, that uh, he's the producer of it? Ryan Murphy, is that his name? Yeah, I always hate his shit. Well, I think this is his masterpiece. I mean, this is, this seems to be the intersection of everything that he's interested in. Yeah. And I don't want to go too far into what I think that is, but, <laughs> but it, it's pretty good. It, it's pretty good. But I just, I, I don't know if, I don't understand. This is an age old thing. This isn't new that, you know, puritanical America has a problem with sex, but not with violence. But this yeah, is but some no. sick shit. Is who owns the rights to this story? You know, and who's making money off of this? Is it Dahmer's family? How, how, I don't understand what's going on with this. Oh no, Dahmer's family can't be making any money. I I honestly don't know. I don't. Like know. There's a I, there's a, somebody has the story and they're making money off of it, and they have to be the owner I mean, of the story. Well, couldn't they just go from like police reports and stuff like that? <gasps> Look at Ben. There he is. <laughs> so Dahmer's family is not profiting from this. I think that third Dahmer's <laughs> family. <sighs> news stories like that are public domain. I mean, it might be yeah. based on a true crime novelization or something, but they can just tell the Dahmer story, I think, without having to pay anyone. That's yeah, what I think, too. Isn't there footage of him with, in interviews and stuff? No, no, no. It's, a, it's not a documentary. It's not. It looks just like him. It's the role of a lifetime for that guy. He's perfect in it. I still <laughs> think... I still think that the best Dahmer thing that, I, that I've seen, and I've seen my best friend Dahmer, which is pretty good, but the best one is that Jeremy Renner Dahmer. I mean, you remember that? It came out not too long after, like it, uncomfortably close to, like Dahmer might have still been alive actually when it came out. Or if, if he wasn't alive, it was like within a year or two. And it had Jeremy, Jeremy Renner as Dahmer, and it was almost like a play because it was him in, in a room with one of his victims and had this great scene with Bruce Davison playing his dad and he wanted to know what was in the box and he was going to make Dahmer uh, unlock it. You never saw that movie? I didn't. I, we showed one at the festival, the Jeffrey Dahmer Files. Oh, uh, yeah. No, he's gone again. No, he's there. He's moving. The Jeffrey Dahmer Files. Files. Made by some Milwaukee filmmaker, and I didn't actually see it, but it was supposed to be good. And I, and one of the detectives from the actual case came to the festival, sort of uh, as part of that movie. I just find it weird to watch these movies about Dahmer. I, f- I feel like someone's making money here, and it's not the people that. It, it, there shouldn't be money made on this. I just feel weird about it. I, I, I do it. too. You know, and I, I, I always hated like, you know, people like playing Manson's music and, you know, or like people buying Gacy's drawings. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Is that what you're you're talking talking about? about? 
Yes, I thought you were talking about Marilyn Manson. No, you're talking about Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson. Right, right. It's just strange. I, I don't even know if I feel right turning it on and watching one second of it, this Dahmer thing. But maybe because I'm also afraid, but still. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm completely torn because it's really well made. And, and it's definitely the best thing that Ryan Murphy's done so far. And, you know, uh, Molly Ringwald's in it. Really? But yeah, someone's making money off of the story, and it's 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 freaking insane. People got killed, got barbarically cannibalized, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, why? Why? I mean, but on top of this, I mean, you can look at it as all right. It makes good drama, and it does. It's it's pretty compelling stuff, you know. And it does have a listen. It has a lot to say about who we are as a society that this was allowed to go on for so long because most of his victims were gay people in minorities. And that is, that's something to say. And that's got a lot of dramatic weight, but, but then like you turn on Netflix and it's, you know, the Dahmer tapes, the Dahmer, this, the Dahmer, that John Wayne Gacy. It's like, it's nonstop serial killers and that's fucked up. Right. Yeah. And it says yeah. a lot more about us. It's like at, at a certain point you realize people don't really care about what, what kind of dramatic stuff that this yields Yeah, and, you know, it's and not the Shakespearean a, weight that it has. They just yeah. like sick shit. I don't know. I just, I don't want to have to turn on the TV on my Netflix and all of a sudden here's Dahmer on my screen. Get him off. I don't want to see him. Right. I feel the same exact way about Joe Rogan. <laughs> that's, that's the best I could come up with. <laughs> I was going to say Pete Davidson. The director of uh, Red Notice is uh, Rawson Marshall Thurber. I don't know who that is. I don't know. Either. I don't know what he's done. I don't know. Either. But I did see a good movie last night on Shudder where a kid gets his tongue cut off, and that was good. Oh, what movie's that? Speak No Evil. Is that an older movie? No, it's new. It's brand new. I might have ruined it for you, though. That's right. I didn't, know, I didn't know you were back. I didn't know I was back either. So, Gabe, who do we have on the show today? <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> you're putting me really on the spot here because uh, we got to redo this one. <laughs> in, in fairness to Gabe, I don't think you ever told him Mike's last name. I'm getting uh, okay, I'll do my game impersonation. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, Mike Alonzo. Many of you will know him as a drummer from such bands as Flogging Molly and he cut me Electric off guard. Six. You didn't even and, tell me who uh, was going to be on the show. Five Wars Johnson. <laughs> you might know Five Wars Johnson from... What were we going to say? I didn't know who was going to be on the show until probably three hours ago. Well, Mike didn't either. He's, he's, he's had a lot of stuff going on at home and, uh, he has very limited time to be with us this evening because he has to go do a session. He's been on tour with Flogging Molly since 1973 and for his off time, he's going right back out and playing sessions and he's got a, a show coming up with a band that he plays with next month. Uh, he can't stop. Won't stop. Uh-uh. So Mike Alonzo is going to be on the show today. All right. 
Have you ever met Mike before, Gabe? Maybe, but I didn't know too much. Uh, he was in Electric Six, right? Was in Electric Six, yeah. I said so then, that. Well, I'm just saying, that's how I might have met him along the way, somewhere along the way. Sure. I don't think I've seen Flogging Molly before, but looking at his some of his history and his stuff, he's got a lot of, he probably has a lot of stories to tell. He's got quite the CV. CV? CV. I don't know what that is. It's a resume. How do you get CV out of resume? Great question. Ben? It stands for Curriculum Vitae. What? Are that's, you making this up? No, that's some Latin shit. And that's why Ben has, has, has no lights on and there's ghosts hanging all over him because he's been reciting Latin. A dead day. language. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you saved Latin, though. What did we ever do? So this is basically a question for Gabe. Uh, ben, please jump in if you can. Or the ghost of Ben, please jump in if you can. But I got asked to do this Dio sort of tribute thing. Um, and I've got to put a band together and record a song. And then they send it to L.A. for, you know, you know how these things are. So, Gabe, what Dio song should I do? Because I can do Dio solo deal i can do sabbath deal and i can do rainbow deal i could even do elf deal if i wanted to <laughs> i like the one that she did with eminem gabe you're talking about dido oh i'm sorry it, why did you <laughs> it took a I second like the one she that went, she did for titanic see when you when you when you only make ghost Ben stronger when, when you, you know, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of Dio songs that you could grow for. Uh, I've been on a deal kick. I've been playing a lot of, uh, Holy Diver with that remix. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the last in line record and even yeah, no, the third need record. To hear like your whole story about Listen, Dio. There's some songs that have a lot of keyboards on them. Hungry for heaven. Have you, have you heard that song recently? I listened to Mystery the other day, though. Mystery uh, is my second guess. About an hour ago, I listened to Mystery. And I was thinking, Hungry for Heaven? And I was like, no, not even I can go for that one. It's a little poppy. Uh, it invisible. Is poppy, but so is but Mystery. Invisible. Beep, 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 invisible. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's, there's a ton of them. Well, we're going to have, I think we're going to have Walt, Walt Flakus, play... Uh, keyboards so we could do a keyboard song keyboard songs are not out of the question what is is that on sacred heart hungry for heaven yes dude oh yeah trek five. Oh, well we gotta do this if it starts with a choir you listen to too much cinderella teenage wasteland oh yeah yes this is a lot like the beginning of uh, Mystery. I don't know, the last in line is underrated. I mean, it comes up, you start out with We Rock. Come on. We, we Rock. I'm thinking We Rock. We Rock is pretty good. But I'm also thinking, last in line. 
is well, that's pretty, a great that could get pretty intense. So last in line, or we rock, or we just go. And since we got keyboards, we could just go straight up, hit, and do Rainbow in, in the Dark if no one's taken it yet. Or we do Heaven and Hell. The live version. The live version of he- what, what? What's so great about the live version of Heaven and Hell? It's the medley. Are you going to with the solo and all that stuff? So of, of those songs that I've mentioned, which one? We Rock or Last in Line. I think you should go either one of those two. What about Caught in the Middle? Caught in the Middle on Holy Diver is pretty great. You know that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say you got to go with Last in Line. <laughs> What's that? Sounds like somebody, somebody in that band was Irish and might have listened to a little bit of Thin Lizzy growing up. What about you, Ben? Do, do, you, do you know a single Dio song? Yeah, I know the song Dio by Tenacious D. Hmm. I'm okay. not saying you should do that, but. No. Gabe votes for last in line, and, and, and that's a good vote, Gabe. I. I, I'm I'm leaning towards it. Yes, but did you know his name is not Dio? I'm sure you knew this guy. Yeah, it's Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> no, you know it's not Dio. It's it's John Michael Osborne. I mean, sorry, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie James Padovona, and he changed it to Dio. Somewhere after Alpha and before Rainbow, right? I, I don't know. Ronnie James Padadova. Padavona. Padavona. Well, you know, I, I told you the story about how uh, Justine constantly, will, strangers, will be somewhere in a different city, different town, different country sometimes. And <laughs> she'll just walk up to a stranger and go, yo, Ozzy Sabbath or Dio Sabbath? And I'm just like, what are you doing? Stop it. You know, <laughs> 90% of the people don't even know about Dio Sabbath. And they're all going to say Ozzy Sabbath. You know, and even the 10% that knows about Dio Sabbath, 90% of those people are going to say Ozzy Sabbath, right? So I'm just like, this, this isn't a fair fight, first of all. So we're in L.A. at the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. She should have known not to fuck around at the rainbow. And she taps this guy on the shoulder and she goes, Ozzy Sabbath or Dio Sabbath? You settle this argument between us. And the guy turns around and he's wearing a Dio jacket. And he goes, just look at the fucking jacket, man. Dio. He goes, I'm the manager or I'm the tour manager of the Dio hologram tour. And I was like, (laughs) oh, it was just, it, it was sweet. It was so sweet. I was like, ooh, you stepped in it. And he went on to berate her for an hour. And I didn't say a word. It was great. You sound like you're in the Dio camp against Ozzy, for Sabbath. I'm not in the Dio camp against Ozzy. I'm saying that it's, it's obvious when people go, Ozzy Sabbath's better than Dio. It's like, well, no shit, you know. But it's just kind of like most of those people haven't even listened to Dio Sabbath. And they don't know how great it is. So to, to outright dismiss Dio Sabbath 
offends me as, as a music fan. I got called out. And it out. offends me as a contrarian. <laughs> I was called out yesterday because I have my record collection on in, in a public square now because whatever. And <laughs> because Brian Blockinger, because it. <laughs> I'm, it's up for grabs. Whatever. Okay. Brian Blockinger says and posts on my page. It says, "I notice you like Yuli John Roth and Dio Sabbath more than regular Sabbath or you know Ozzy Sabbath." I'm like, only you would notice this kind of thing. Right. <laughs> sure, I don't have Sabbath vinyl. Don't kill me. Well, I mean, I've heard some people say they don't have it either because everywhere you go, it's playing. That's what I said. I didn't have to have Paranoid or, or you know, the first Black Sabbath. Right. It's out there. It's out there. And and, and all I'm saying is it'd be nice if somebody championed Dio, Dio Sabbath once in a while instead of just going with the same old shit all the time. Right? I mean, even when I listen to Ozzy Sabbath... I don't listen to Paranoid. I listen to Technical Ecstasy, okay? That's what I want to hear. I want to get into that record and figure out that record's mysteries. I plumb the depths of Paranoid Masters of Reality. I get it. I know what's going to happen. What does Ben say about this whole situation? Ben can't say anything because he's he's lurking in shadows like, like a character from a Dio song. The questions from my rock and roll youth were um, Bob Stinson replacements or Slim Dunlap replacements. And then and that's my, an obvious answer, my friend. Yes, but I feel just like you do that, you know, people should give Slim, okay. Slim era right. more of a, more credit than they than they do. Um, and then there's also hitting much closer to home. There's uh, <laughs> the mm. live era of. Uh, Donnie V fronting enough's enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who? <laughs> and then Johnny Monaco. What are you a fucking owl? Johnny Monaco, who's currently touring with Stephen Piercy. Is that the guy's name from Rat? That oh, is. Yeah. I don't know if they're touring as Rat or it's just Stephen Piercy. I don't know what's going on, but Johnny seems to be on the road with that dude. I hear Stephen Piercy is a delight, so I'm sure he's having a wonderful time. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Mike Alonzo. Oh, my God, you guys. Mike, what's going on? Uh, nothing. Sitting what? here talking to you, kind of perplexed you wanted to talk to me, but I'm curious why. <laughs> well, we just had nobody else to talk to, obviously. That's what it was. <laughs> exactly, right? Well, you just got back from being on tour with Flogging Molly, right? I did. Are you, are you, are you, have you decompressed yet? Or are you still a little freaked out? Uh, I decompressed enough, but right when I got home, I'm dealing with issues with my mom that I'd rather not even go into, but that's right. When you want to decompress more stress comes your way. Kind of seems like what happens after every tour, but I'm doing just fine. Right. Well, you guys tour a lot. Well, we do again now, but yeah, like everyone else, oh, we right. didn't for almost two years, but yeah, I've been been pretty much gone nonstop since june so you know it's october now it's pretty crazy good shows yeah great shows great bill uh you know Who europe was with? great uh we were out with uh the skints this band from london and uh tiger mm -hmm. army and uh the interrupters right and it was all good good shows everyone's trying to tour right now and it's crazy you know yeah and the 
the routing has been crazy because you have to kind of just go where there's an open day. So it's not like a straight line that you would plot out from a normal tour. It's been like right. the pentagram tour of like, right. This place is open this day. And now you got to drive 400 <laughs> miles back to this place. But right. you know. everybody's complaining. Why are we driving like this? What, what are we doing? I always tell people that the booking agents, they just book them. They don't have to play them. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So how long have you been playing with Floggy Molly? Um, about six years now. How'd you get hooked up with them? Cause they're not, um, do they have Detroit roots? Uh, the Bridget, the violin players from Detroit originally. And, uh, the band formed in Los Angeles, uh, when they first started, but I was actually in a band with the singer Dave King before flogging Molly called Katmandu. Uh-huh. And we did one record on Epic records and kept in touch. And, uh, yeah, he kept me in mind after all these years of when he was having drummer problems, he wanted to play with me again and reached out and, uh, you know, I love the electric six guys and everything, but I kind of couldn't pass down the opportunity to not only play in a great band, but just play with an old friend again, you know? So I took it. Right. And so Catman do that was post Fastway, right? It was the band right after Fastway. Yeah. The Fastway? The Fastway. The Fastway. Yes. He plays with Dave King from The Fastway. Say what you will, Fastway. That's right. Not many people will. know. Not many people know Dave King is from Fastway, but as soon as you say Fastway. And he likes it that way. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, Gabe, you knew that, right? No. I, I don't you know Dave know King. You didn't know Dave from... Isn't you had there, no idea. No, isn't it Pete Way? Yeah, he's not on the record, but he was in the original incarnation of the band, like Fast Eddie, Pete Way, Fast Way. And, right. uh, but there's and no Jerry King. Shirley. Jerry Shirley. Yeah. Humble pie, man. Yeah, yeah. And then the new guy was Dave King. And you had no idea, Gabe, that that Dave and Dave was the same Dave. I still don't. And and I'll forget as soon as I hang up the phone here or whatever. But uh, <laughs> well, it's fine. You're going you're gonna to go listen to Flogging Mother Records and go, can I hear it? Can I hear it? Can you hear it? Like when you you're playing little. with them every time? I mean, every once in a while? Yeah. The higher range songs, it kind of comes out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the energy is still there and he's a completely great front man. So, I mean, yeah, I get it. So, so that was six years ago. You started, it seems longer that you've been playing with them. It kind of does. I mean, but yeah, six years. And how long had you played with, uh, electric six before that? 11 years. Wow. You've been out there for a while. You've been in a fuckload of bands. Uh, and like it, it like, what was the first band that you were in and it was all kind of came out of Detroit or did you live in LA for a while or anything like that? Yeah. When I played with Dave, I lived in Los Angeles from like 88 to 93. And that's when I met him auditioned and got the Katmandu gig. But that was the first major thing I did other than just playing in local Detroit bands for a while and stuff. But, uh, yeah, after that broke up, I played in this band Speedball for quite a while out of yeah. Detroit. And we did three tours supporting Motorhead. And that was really great around 95, 96. I saw, I saw one of those shows. Really? Yeah. We yeah. The Vic Theater, I think, was uh, one of them. I think the one that I saw was 
maybe outside of Chicago, like like maybe when you played in Bloomington or something like that. It was, okay. It was something, it was something out of there. What'd you learn on the uh, Motorhead tour? Uh, to wear earplugs because <laughs> that was insanely loud. But yeah, that was great. I mean, they really liked the band and requested us to come back, and we did a run in Germany the end of 96 with Dio on the bill. It was like us, Dio and Motorhead. And I got to see that for a month. That was pretty intense. Oh my God. So who was headlining? Motorhead. They're humongous in Germany. They play an entire month just in Germany to these huge arenas. And it was pretty awesome. And what was, what was, I mean, did you get to talk to Dio at all or, or did you? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, no, he was great. I mean, the first day uh, of the tour, I'm setting up my drums on the main floor and I see him walk into the the hall and he walks right up to me and he goes, Hey, you must be in the uh, first band speedball. I'm like, Uh I am. He's like, hi, I'm Ronnie. I'm like, I know I'm Mike. He's like, good to meet you, Mike. Uh, Have a good show tonight. And then the next day I'm in the doing the same thing, setting up my drums and he walks in and goes, Michael, how are you doing today? And I could right. not believe he remembered my name. I was just like, you are pretty great. Well, you know what he does? And he's very famously, he does this thing where he'll walk up to someone and go, hello, I'm Ronnie. What's your name? And you tell him, he's like, nice to meet you, Mike. And then he repeats your name three times. And so that way he'll remember it. And, you know, it wouldn't, it's not going to work for everybody. I mean, I wouldn't remember your name. No, hell no. But, but, but he did. But that was his thing. That was his advice that he would give you. Say their name three times, and then you will remember it. That's great. I should probably still do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty um, impressive. Yeah. So somebody asked me to do this Dio tribute thing that's coming coming down the pike soon. What Dio song do you think I should do? Oh, man. Uh, Like... You mean just play the track on the show, or do you mean no, no, play, no, no, no. play like, it I, live in a set? I'm I'm gonna put a band together and we're gonna play a song and record it and send it out wow. to this this event. But I can't figure out what song to pick because I can I can solo pick I can pick Sabbath Dio. I can pick solo Dio. And I can pick uh, Rainbow. Okay. I mean, if you were gonna pick solo Dio, I would say I speed at night is a pretty great one. Okay. Or, uh, man, I don't know. I'm a sucker for gypsy or don't talk to strangers or something like that, but he's great. I'm thinking we rock. Yeah, that one's, <laughs> I figured that one was too easy, but that's a great really? one or like <laughs> a go to easy. I mean, this is all presupposing that I can sing any of these songs. So this is all just at this point, um, conjecture. Right. So what did you like play drums with seduce? I did for, uh, a short time when the original drummer Chuck broke his leg. Uh I filled in for them for about a month or two until he, you know, recovered and got back in the band to which they tandem after a year or something but um yeah actually chuck the drummer in seduce was the lead singer and lead guitarist in the band speedball that i played with when we were out with motorhead there's the seduce detroit connection yeah wow so i mean what was the scene like in detroit like when you were starting out uh i mean it was all right 
lots of cover bands, which I wasn't super into. Like we all, you know, it's how you learn and play in front of people and everything. But I just got sick of, I didn't want to play covers. And that's when I moved to Los Angeles after a while. But so this was before like the garage thing took over in, uh, in yeah. Detroit. Yeah. yeah. I actually was, uh, part of that for a little while too. Like the, when speedball wasn't really doing much for a while and I got asked to join this two piece kind of garage rock band, Bantam Rooster. There was, did a couple records on sympathy for the record industry and a go-go and whatever, but I did two records with them and did a ton of touring, which was really fun but really hard just you know what it's like being in a two-piece band yeah but i don't know what it's like being a drummer in a two-piece tell me what it's like being a drummer in a two-piece well you move more shit Uh and and we didn't have a crew it was just me and the singer with in all of the gear in the back of a jeep cherokee which was (laughs) like super cramped quarters with no one else to you know vent to so it was some right. great shows but real rough real trying right but but it was you know great experience good shows whatever what about the do you, you know those guys in that band the go not real well i know john the guitar player but i haven't seen those guys around in a while and i don't think they really play anymore i know they had an offshoot band conspiracy of owls that did a record, but I don't think they did much after that, really. I don't know what they're up to. And a couple of their records were so fucking good. I've been listening to them a lot lately for yeah, some reason. There's some good stuff, for sure. So then you're back home, and then you and then you start playing with... No, no, you play with Five Horse Johnson. Let's fucking talk about playing with yeah. Five Horse Johnson. How did that happen? I did that for a while, too. After the Bantam Rooster thing was fizzling out, they asked me if I could fill in some shows with them. And then I joined permanently and did tons of touring through Europe. Uh, you know, blues rocks really big and, you know, Germany and Holland and all that. We would go, it seemed like twice a year constantly play. And that was really a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Did that for years until the electric six opportunity came around. You know? How did you hook up with those guys in Five Horse? I mean, they used to play shows opening for Speedball in Detroit, and we just got to you know they're really good friends of the band as well. Just they would always hang out in Detroit, and uh, you know, good dudes from like the Rust Belt Studio area, and um, yeah, it just kind of happened. Actually, Chuck, the drummer from Seduce filled in for them for a little while as well. And he ended up getting a job working at Ford and that's when he couldn't do that anymore. And speedball couldn't do much anymore. So that's when I started looking for other gigs, which is how I went off to Bantam Rooster. And then how I went off to five horse Johnson.
So, all right. So what keeps you going then? Can you pinpoint that? Oh, I mean, playing with great people really helps, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, flogging Molly, just seeing Dave out front command an audience every night and hearing that voice that I've known half my life really keeps me going. He's really great. And then when I'm home getting to play in the, you know, side project bands of the music I really like to play that's different from my main gig keeps me going, you know, the same as you, you got to still want to do it. And I do. Yeah. Yeah. But not everybody has that, you know, and it's not just a money thing either. I mean, what, what, no. what, what keeps you enjoying the process? I don't know. Hitting local record stores in every town and seeing what I could find. Yeah, I don't you know. Got, you got quite a collection behind you <clears throat> back there. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I've been buying them since the seventies for two or $3. I don't spend $40 on reissues. They're all, all, those are all pretty old records. You know, I just got a shit ton of them. Right. But yeah, I mean, and then, you know, even new gear keeps me going. A new symbol in the Peisty line interests me and heads and sticks. And I'm still kind of probably, I'm still as much of a fan as I am a player. I feel like that keeps me going too. You know, you get inspired by other people and want to just play. So you said Peisty? Is it Peisty and not Pasty? It's Peisty. Really? Yeah. Gabe, did you know this? No, but I'm a Nickel McBrain fan. Yeah. And and I could have went another 50 years thinking it was Pasty. So it just doesn't sound right. Pasty is something that women put on their nipples. Indeed. <laughs> okay, so here's another great question, Mike. Is it uh, Vinny and Carmine apiece or apice? That's a tricky one, man. I don't know. Dio always said apice, and Carmine ah! and, and Carmine says apiece. Yet oh. they're brothers. So, uh, what does that even mean? No idea. I don't know. It's like when Martin Scorsese suddenly decided his name was Scorsese. And right. Been, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he used to be just fine with Scorsese. Yeah. I mean, Scorsese. <laughs> Didn't correct anyone for your whole career. Okay, so you're saying Dio called him a, a piece, right? No, Vinny, Vinny says Vinny, or Dio used to say Vinny Apice. Apice, right, okay. And That's But Carmine refers to himself as a piece. Oh, God, so I guess we got to So it doesn't Carmine's make sense. For it. Whatever. You know, that's the thing. Like, Dio would always learn people's first name. He never said anything about learning people's last name. This is true. So, what else you got? What, what what other words, Gabe? Do you do you find troublesome in the rock milieu? You put me on the spot here. I can't I can't think at the moment. Uh, what about you, Mike? Words that what now? Well, you know, like how do we pronounce this word? What? Okay, you might remember Celtic frost or Celtic frost. That's a great one. I always used to say Celtic Frost because that's what all my friends said. And that's always what I referred. That's what I always thought they were called. But technically, it's Celtic Frost. Yeah, I know. I, I think Celt, I think technically it's Celtic Frost. Right. <laughs> it's not the Boston Celtics. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I think Celtic Frost 
is but when you're referring to like Irish music, that's not that's Celtic music, not Celtic music. Oh, that's I don't, right. So Celtic I don't know. Frost is technically correct. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's and above you my know. pay grade. You come on, you would know. You 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 know you know Celtic. You know from Celtic. Yeah, but they're from okay. Switzerland. They're from Switzerland. They are. Celtic Frost is from Switzerland. Yeah. Celtic Frost is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to get to the nitty gritty here. Now that now that I'm pretty safe in my assumptions. Yeah. Let's talk. If you had to pick between two bands, Replacements or Iron Maiden, let's hear it. I don't know where this is going to go, Gabe. You might have waded <laughs> into something. No, I feel pretty good. Wow. Like, wow. Uh, no, not wow. You're supposed to come out. It's supposed to come off your tongue like a quick Yeah, one. but I'm more of a Paul Diano era fan, Iron Maiden uh, fan. All right. Now we're talking. <clears throat> so I don't know. I mean, that's only two records, and the replacements had a ton of great records back then. So I think Ben's power's gone out. He can't talk. Uh, I saw the <laughs> he horns, can hear, though. though. He can hear. <laughs> I would probably say replacements. Oh, I mean, oh, I man. told you, Gabe. We got to keep I, score. This is. I, I thought you. I had a sure bet on this one. I mean, I don't know. I love Old Maiden, but I don't know. I'd, so, I'd go replacements. So you cut out right as soon as. Dickinson came on the scene. I like Number of the Beast. I'm a definitely a more of a Clive Burr fan, the old drummer. Mm-hmm. And then when he was gone, Nico's great, but everything just started to get slower and groggier. And I like, I mean, the first two Maiden records are there's like that little punk element to it, really fast, tight drumming and everything, and it's just more my thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, I'm all not right. gonna knock early Maiden, but. Uh, How about you there, Gabe? Oh, Maiden is the shit. You know, you can't you can't top Maiden. I don't even like the replacement, so it's an easy bet for me. But I, I thought for I thought for sure you were gonna go. Ben, Ben's trying to come in. I mean, the, I love Maiden, world. but there's so many Maiden records. I there's so many Maiden records I can't defend. You know, Ooh. Dance of Death and or whatever it's called and. Uh, I don't know. There's some crap records, yeah, let alone can, the Blaze Bailey era. Oh, like, we, don't, we don't talk about that. That didn't happen. Oh. You can say the same thing about like '80s Rolling Stones, right, Scott? No. Yes, you can. Come on. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. '80s been, people have been counting out the Stones since Sticky Fingers, for God's sake. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, Mike. Uh, be, Ben and Gabe have this this thing going, this long, long time rivalry going. Gabe's the the maiden guy. Ben is the replacements guy. Oh. So we put all of our guests through this, and so you you, you did a really good job because Gabe <laughs> thought he had you in his bag. I thought oh. you were in the camp. I thought you were in the maiden yeah. camp. And, and you, you I'm a big maiden fan, but I mean, they just played in town two three days ago, and I did not go just because I don't need to see them play. You know. 45 minutes of new maiden with bruce have you heard that new record though the new record's way better than the last few it's pretty good yeah pretty i agree good. yeah I there's, definitely gonna, agree. there's gonna come a day when they're not gonna go out there anymore and you're gonna say what the hell did i skip that show for because they're doing a well you probably won't like it but they're doing a tour coming up in 2023 i'm more into play, this one i just saw play more of somewhere in time and some of the old classics they didn't play 
and bring some of the props out from that tour since none of those tours were filmed. Right. So, yeah, that I would probably be more interested in. Right. That's 86, 87 area. We're, we're crossing the line there. I know. All right. Are they going to play yeah. Power Slave? Oh, oh, Ben's trying to get in. Ben, ben we got to do a <laughs> seance to bring Ben in. Ben. <laughs> the, Ben, talk to us from the other world. All I wanted to say, Gabe, is that I, I spent the week listening to a bunch of really old Seven Seconds stuff because of our last week's guest. And you're an idiot. You would love those first couple replacements out. They're exactly like Seven Seconds, those first couple. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're I great. heard a little bit. I heard a little bit of that. It sounded more like The Descendants in my mind, but... Uh, you don't like the Descendants? I love the Descendants. Early Descendants. They're they're all the same anyway. But uh, when when I was asked to play a record, you said play "Let It Be." I'm like, well, who the hell has the balls to name an album "Let It Be"? And it didn't impress me. Ah, uh, I love that one. It's a great record. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Nothing's wrong with me for recommending that record. It's, no. There's something wrong with you for not liking that record. Oh, uh, you should have recommended something else that you knew I would be closer to inclining myself to like it. Well, I mean, you're not 12 anymore. I thought you'd, you'd appreciate like the different feels no. that are on Let It Be. All right, then listen to Sorry Ma, I forgot to take out the trash. Are you more of an old metal guy, Gabe? Uh, Maiden is my jam I, as, as some people say but uh you know 80s and 90s metal i'm in a big cinderella kick right now still Ooh. listen stop listen. it no play that third album no because <laughs> uh, the first one is a little too overproduced and they had the makeup and hair and they started letting it go and they just went down to the roots and check it out I'm telling you is that long cold winter the second one is long cold winter i believe and the third one is uh i can't think of it right now I'll find out. I, I only know the first two. <laughs> so Gabe is a huge Maiden fan, but he doesn't like horror movies, which we find interesting, or at least I find interesting, because most Maiden songs are like basically horror films in song form. But he doesn't like horror films. I know you like horror films, though. I do. This is what's, true. What's the best horror movie? Oh, geez. Oh, geez, dear. Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, what genre of horror? I don't know. I mean, well, well, well I know. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the 1978 Dawn of the Dead movie. Okay. That's like totally up there for me. Absolutely love that movie. Across there's better the horror. Or, yeah, Not there's better horror movies. movies, but that one, I mean, there's so many that are just awesome to me. I don't know. I just watched the original night of the living dead the other day, which is just ridiculously classic. It's great. It's great. Oh man. So yeah. Do you ever get into situations where you're like, what is better night or dawn or is it always just dawn across, across the board? I mean, night's probably better just because there was nothing like it really? at the time ever, but okay. I still love dawn. I mean, I still remember watching that's night's definitely one of those. It's one of the first movies that really freaked me the fuck out. Like watching it 
in say 75 or something at home alone in the dark mm-hmm. on a black and white TV with, you know, no one home and just freaking out, <laughs> you know? And then it was to the point where most, a lot of people still had black and white televisions there that, right. at that time. And uh, the local ABC affiliate actually ended up scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Like this is a movie broadcast of the news not happening now stop calling the station type of thing you know because <laughs> people were actually freaking out along with me apparently so yeah right i don't think i saw it until like in the 80s when it like went to uh pub- public domain and okay. they would play it in the afternoon just like it was nothing. It was just Weird. like, here's John the Dead at like 1 p.m. And I'm just like, whoa. And I mean, you know, most of the movie takes place in daylight anyway, so it's kind of perfect. Yeah. But it was just kind of like, finally, I'm seeing this movie, and they're just throwing it out like chum. Like, it, you know, it doesn't matter. You mean night, right? Night. Yes, night. night. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. Did I say Dawn? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How are those two movies related in some way? Are you out of your mind, Gabe? No, I've never seen either one. First of all, oh yeah, you don't like horror movies. Night of the Living Dead is that related to Dawn of the Dead? No, Day of the Dead has nothing to do with either of (laughs) them. Right? No, I I gotta know this stuff because if I'm same director. Okay, so it's it's uh, I'll have to see one before I see the other. Yes. Right. You're going to have to start at the beginning with Night of the Living Dead. Dawn's the sequel that was, that came out 10 years later, basically. Is it going to da- scare me to death? Is, am I <laughs> going to have nightmares? Are no. you actually contemplating watching these movies? I don't know. Do, I, I Do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the misfits, so uh, Night of the Living Dead kind of intrigues me. I'm a Cliff Burton fan, so the me Dawn too. of the Dead He wore the Dawn me. of the Dead shirt. Oh, yes. So, I'm, you know, I'm not afraid... But I might be afraid when I'm watching it, you know. Well, you should watch these movies because there's a lot of great social satire and commentary, especially in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. But as Dave Kerr puts it, Night of the Living Dead retains its raw power. And there's something about that movie that's just primal. For sure. I remember like, like looking at the ads for Dawn of the Dead when I was like eight years old. <clears throat> it was, you know, no one under 18 admitted. You know, it was basically rated X. And I would just like stare at this thing and just go, I want to see this movie so bad. Yeah. And then I would have, I would start having nightmares, like recurring nightmares about a movie I'd never even seen. Like, and to this day, I still have recurring zombie nightmares. Wow. I'm actually going to see it again. Halloween weekend. It's playing at a theater kind of, you know, a 35 minute drive from my house. It's the only theater in Michigan doing it, uh-huh. but the, there's a chain of theaters that are playing it in 3d for the first time I heard ever. About this. And yeah. it's probably playing somewhere in Chicago, but, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know someone like there's no home video, uh, release of it right now since, the late two thousands it's the guy that owns the rights to it dumped a few million dollars into the 3d conversion of it. Right. So after it plays the theater, the theaters, uh, the end of Halloween, I'm sure it'll come back out for home video in the States, but I have to see it. Have you ever seen it on big screen before? Yeah. I saw it first run when I was a kid in 79 and that, that shirt that cliff Burton 
is wearing at those shows. That was the, the shirt that they sold at the movie theater that you could buy. And I still have it, but it shrunk to like a small and you know, <laughs> can't really wear that anymore, but I have it still. So what was that like? It freaked me out a hundred percent. My sister's boyfriend at the time took me cause he knew I liked horror movies and I, it was shocking yeah. seeing you know, actual bites and right. blood. And like, I never saw anything like that as a kid. Yeah. It's, it's still, pretty... it's still kind of stomach churning. There's, oh, there's yeah. something really fucked up about it. But the 3d thing sounds cool. Did you see the jaws 3d conversion? The first one? No, no, that just came out of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I saw jaws three in 3d when it came out in the yeah. theater. But yeah. So did I not that nope. piece of shit. No, no, no bueno. No. Right. No. This is the original, and they, they did a 3D conversion. No, it's pretty I good. I didn't even know they did that. All right. It might still be playing somewhere. Okay. Herb just got back from a, from a, a trip uh, to see, to go to that island where they, they, they filmed the movie. And he says, like, you know, what's it, Alex Kittner? He's <clears> the <throat> manager of like this bar up the street from where he was. And you know, the movie theater was showing the new 3d version of jaws. Oh, he wow. Like, oh, he's freaking out. Yeah. You'd have to go. Yeah. You remember Herb, right? Yeah. Herb Rosen. Yeah. 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 Liars club. Yeah. yeah. Liars club. Right. <laughs> I sort of remember him, but yeah, no, Perfect. just blinder nights. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. You still talk to him? Oh yeah. 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 Fairly regularly. And, and, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I ignored his phone call earlier today. Yeah. He's awesome. So it's been a long time though. So do you have a certain horror movie that you watch every Halloween? Not in particular. I just go through what I have and pick out what, you know, I kind of try to see now with all the streaming platforms, I'll just try to go through and, pick out some of the oddball eighties horror movies that I've never seen. And when they stink, I go back to the ones I love to kind of cleanse myself. You know, there's a lot uh -huh. of stinkers out there. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of <clears throat> three good ones playing in theaters right now that you should check out. There's a uh, barbarian. Have you heard of this? I saw you post about it, but I have not seen it. It's pretty good. Uh, smile is pretty good. Gabe can't wait to see smile. And then, <laughs> Pearl, that new Ty West movie is amazing. Yeah, I just saw X, so now I'm ready to see the prequel. So yeah, oh, where'd you see X? Uh, I think on Showtime. Ooh, it's oh, on it's Showtime for now. free on Showtime. Yeah. Oh, I I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. Did we talk about this before when we're talking about prequels? Like, if you didn't see the movie originally, the second Home part, Alone. Yes. No, no, no. If you, if say there's a movie that comes out, then afterwards they make a prequel, but you didn't see the first one. Can you go see the, the prequel before the original So and get the same effect? I think you can see Pearl before you see X. You, you, you feel that way, Ben? Because so far you're the only one here. <laughs> the hovering ghost that is Ben, he's the only one that's seen both movies. Um. I think that, yes, in this instance, and I'm, I, I'm not sure, I'm trying to think, Gabe, if there's another one that I can think of, but I do think, for my money, I, I, wish that I, I wish that they had released Pearl and X in chronological order. I think, actually, X is more is, is a better movie if you've seen Pearl. 
Wow. I have that feeling. I have that feeling. But I, I almost like the fact that it will make you want to go back and see it. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and now you're, like, totally ready for the third <clears throat> one. But I don't want to get too far ahead here. We, but you've seen X, Mike. Yeah. All right. And you know that there's a third one coming down the chute. I did not. Yeah. Nice. There is. So I better you catch like, up. You don't every year feel like you've got to put on Halloween to get in the mood? Yeah. Yeah, I watch Halloween every year. Actually, I've been going through boxes of DVDs that I have in my basement instead of, like, I'll pick something out that's not streaming on one of the services I have, and Halloween was one of them. And funny you should mention it. I noticed I watched the television edit version of Halloween, which the the disc that I have... It's cool. It's the entire regular uncut Halloween. And then right. the extra footage that they shot for television, because when they edited the movie for television, it was too short. So right. while they were filming Halloween two, they had John Carpenter film extra scenes to be re-edited into the first one to make it longer for television. They added all those scenes into the original uncut version. Cause I thought, it was just going to be no gore, no right, no, it's not anything. That. But it's great. They just added in extra Donald Pleasance footage and all this extra shit. Which twelve more minutes of a movie I've seen a thousand times. It was almost like watching it for the first time again. It was pretty great. Is that the THX Anchor Bay one with the lenticular cover on it? That's it. Yeah, That's the two the disc one. That's the one that I like. That's my favorite. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just have you have you seen this Shining the. Uh, British version of The Shining that's 20 minute, 20, almost a half an hour shorter than the American version. Was that cut approved by Kubrick? Right. It, it was. Yes. Really? He, he saw it. And then be, I guess before it started playing in England or something, he was just like, yeah, it's too long. Let's cut this out and cut that out. And he didn't touch the American version, but the English version is 25 minutes shorter. Wow. Bizarre. Scott, Scott, is there less Scatman on his endless journey back to the hotel? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I don't want to spoil it for you, Ben. Okay. I hope I hope they didn't cut out that big painting above his bed. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That has to be in there. Gabe, you've seen The Shining, right? I'm afraid of that movie too. I've never really seen it all the way. That's the one with the red rum. (laughs) that's the one mike you came on here acting like you you don't know why scott brought you on i know why he brought you on because you (laughs) you love horror movies and you've been around the music scene forever you're you're just like us i guess i don't know i don't really think about it you know i don't think i'm that interesting so i'm flattered that anyone wants to hear me yap about anything and dio knew you by a first name basis come on yeah, that's for one tour. I don't know. <laughs> Who else did you get to go on tour and meet that's really cool like that? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I'm you know, there's been a lot of great tours. I mean, that's one of my favorites for sure. When I did the Bantam Rooster run, we did a run with uh Zeke and the New Bomb Turks. That was uh-huh. fucking great. I love those bands. That was great every night. Uh I don't know. We played with so many 
great. Like just festivals, Flogging Molly have played that I get to see a band that's great that I still wouldn't meet them or anything, but just to, you know, I saw big country and I'm not a big fan, but I love their drummer who's on like the cult love record. Oh, really? He's just a really great drummer. And I just got to see him from side stage and me and Kenny Arnoff are standing there watching him going, this guy's great. Like that was a moment like that was pretty cool. Okay. So hold on. You and Kenny Arnoff just hanging out. You know, just bullshit and watching drummers comparing. Well, notes. I That's was probably cool. annoying him, but yeah, I was I was standing next to him, and he's probably thinking, "Who the fuck's this guy?" But uh, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. You know, I I I always when every I listen to she sells sanctuary, I'm like, this is big country. How come nobody ever talks about this? I had no idea it was the same drummer. Yeah, the song love and you know, the other songs on it with all the Tom work and everything. It's that guy with the Polish last name that I can never pronounce. It's terrible. I should probably pull the record out. Polanski. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. So what's better cult, uh, electric or love? I'm more of a love fan Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do like electric. I don't know. That was a good summertime windows down record in my car, but I still go back to love just because the drums. I'm a nerd drummer. There's something about electric that is so pure and undiluted and stupid. It's like like fire by electric six reminds me of it. Like, it's just like, you know what you're going to get when you put this record on and it's the best feeling in the world, you know, to listen to it. It's just, yeah you know, everything is a classic and everything's like just hitting home wildflower kicking in. You just yeah, want to yeah. blast your stereo, but totally. as soon as it gets to born to be wild, it bums yeah. me out. That's a bad cover. That is yeah. one of the worst covers of all time. That song zap city was supposed to be on the album instead of that song. And it would have been that much better of a record if they did that. What's zap me. city. It was a B side. Ooh, I got to look this up. That's a great song. Zap City by the Cult. Wow. While you're, looking, while you're looking that up, I had to look up Kenny Arnoff. I know who he is. I didn't know him by name like you guys do, but yeah. the guy on uh, Hurt So Good. That's the guy. That's the guy. Okay. Great drummer. Solid. Solid AF. So, yeah, why do drummers like <clears throat> Kenny? Kenny? I mean, what is it? Just because he's solid? I mean, just What's going on it just seems like only drummers like kenny <laughs> i don't know consistent like perfect meter hits hard uh just super super solid you know just you know you need a solid tempo pounder you get that guy and he makes your record sound great you know yeah did he remember your name no okay <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel like I was annoying him a little. So, who was he playing with? He was playing with John Fogarty. Wow! But, but they weren't playing that day. He was there a day early, just kind of hanging out. Now, see, I like John Fogarty. Yeah. Did you see the Credence documentary on Netflix yet? I'm saving it for the 
perfect moment when it's, I can light candles and luxuriate in the bath and because I've had a boot, I've had a bootleg DVD of that Royal Albert Hall show forever, and it's phenomenal. I and then wait, but it's all the footage leading up to it of them sightseeing in the UK, perfect quality, like right at the same week of that show. I've never seen any of that stuff. And then having the concert come on in perfect quality, it's super great. Wow. You'll love it. I and think you'll just, love it. If you're a fan, it's flawless. And they just didn't like it and they didn't want it out at the time? Is that what was going it's on? It's just all that legal red tape over the years between the brothers and the band and John and you know that stuff where John couldn't even yep. play Creedy right. songs live forever and ever and it just got held up all that time, I think. Well, it's be like that their performance on, on Woodstock, it finally like came out like on the extras on one of the yeah. Blu-rays. I was like, I got to get this because I, I didn't even know they played Woodstock, but they, they thought their performance was shit. And so they told them not to put it on there. I don't know. I have that. And I haven't even watched it yet. That's a good yeah. call. I got to dig that out. Well, that's, that's what's the, my favorite thing about the Bowie movie is there's a scene where they're playing, uh, Gene Genie and they go into Love Me Do by the Beatles and you know it's the Ziggy Stardust footage from that movie and Jeff Beck is playing with them and apparently that was always supposed to be in the movie but Jeff Beck didn't like it. he thought he was out of tune so he wouldn't give them the permission to use it and I heard that there and Jeff Beck's there and it's like when did this happen it's so cool right. I saw crap quality footage of that on YouTube over the last year or so. And I never knew that was even part of the movie. It's yeah. yeah the same exact show. It's pretty crazy. It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. I mean, are there things that you've had like over the years where you're just like, I hate this. And then 10 years later, you're like, this is amazing. What, why did I hate it so much? As far as my own playing. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> Nothing I really obsess about, you know, I mean, you could always listen back to certain things and think you could play better or you could have played it better, but it's good enough. You know, there was a part yeah. of a song recording something where I half dropped a stick and didn't do the fill I wanted, but everyone was like, oh, that sounds cool though. Leave it. And I'm like, okay. And then you always focus on that little second of it every time you hear it, but in the grand scheme, who really cares? Right. You know? Right. It still right. came out great. Who cares? You yeah. know, nothing, sure. nothing crazy. I obsess about. How about yourself? Out of everything you recorded, I obsess over out? all of it. That's the difference between me and you. I yeah. just, it's just, I spend every waking moment worrying about pitch and performance, and that yeah sounded unconvincing. But you, you're just like, well, it's possible that you're just that much better than I am. And that's, no. that's, that's part of the thing. I mean, I, I hated the mistake at the time, but hearing everyone and the engineer say, it sounds great, man. I would totally leave it. And I'm outvoted. You know, right. you but live with your, But those are your favorite moments in like Zeppelin records and stuff that are mistakes, you know, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, there aren't many of those, I guess, but Yeah. Yeah. The squeaky bass drum pedal in Since I've Been Loving You. It's great. I can't, I can't not hear that now. It's pretty great. 
It's great. I love like when you listen to Sabbath and you can hear Geezer Butler's strings slapping up against the pickups. Yeah. People are like, that's sloppy playing. I'm like, you're an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> they can do no wrong on those old records, man. No, it's great. It's great. Did you happen to hear the bootleg that is circulating? I think it just came out somewhere over the last few months. That's a show from uh, Lucerne, Switzerland, 1970, where it's the only recorded version of Sleeping Village into what's the song after it now? I'm blanking. Uh... But it's a half hour long with guitar solo and everything. And there's no recorded version of that other than on this bootleg. And it's really great. <laughs> Have you heard the half an hour mix of Laguna Sunrise? No. So just put the song on a loop. <laughs> you just listen to it over and over and over. Wow. It's pretty funny. That's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. It's a great song, but not, I don't know, not half that, hour or Yeah, no, maybe not. <clears throat> All right, man. I, I Was this that painful for you? Because I, I think you did great. No, no, it's great. Again, I still don't really get why you asked me but i do appreciate it you know well, i guess i can I, tell a it, thing or two it's because you're just so you just uh you're tough nut to crack you're impervious to to questions to um ponderments wonderments accusations impersonal what's the word again impervious you're impervious, impervious. you're impervious to my queries Right. Maybe well, that's thanks why. for asking me. Maybe I don't know. Just, maybe you just seem like a challenge. I don't know. <laughs> see, see, now we're back. Now we're back. We got you out. Got you out of the shell. Now you're back in it. Yeah. Regressing. What was the tour that you guys did together? Uh, Electric H Six Local H. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I saw that. Like the whole U.S. That was a long one, too. It was a long one. I was thinking about that the other day when we were, shit, were we in Arizona? And it was Day of the Dead. And you guys got stopped at Border Patrol. <sighs> yeah. And so I spent all day learning your songs because we didn't know if two of your members were going to be able to, to make it to the show or be detained. Yeah, we didn't know either, right? Right. But it all worked out. Yeah. And the, and the world never got to hear me. That would have been great. <laughs> Maybe not so much. That would have been really great. Hey. There it is. There's that show. Sleeping Village into Warning. The only recorded version of yeah, Sleeping so Village and Warning. Wow. It's really great. Audience tape, but it sounds really good. Check Behind it out. In the Wall of Sleep. They were doing Smithereens covers back then? <laughs> right. <laughs> the TARDIS and Cookies edition. Wow, this, this sounds great. Wow. <laughs> it's really good. And that blue coat, man, like an old 50s cover or something. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. God Check damn. it out. When those guys, what was it that was on that video that they would cover? Was it just like blue suede shoes? Blue suede shoes. Wasn't that just, just the best? fucking savage it was great <laughs> so good 
Yeah. Uh-oh. Gabe's going to play some of it. It's the alternate lyrics, right? Anyway. Wow. <laughs> so so rerun is recording this? With with his tape recorder underneath his coat? <laughs> exactly. Did, did people know he was singing alternate lyrics when they were doing this? I what I don't understand the the Well sequence. War Pigs wasn't recorded yet for the album, so uh, Oh, this is for the album? They're playing Switzerland? This is bef- yeah. Yeah, because this is the first record tour. So Fairies and War Pigs hadn't been released yet. Right. Wow. And the only known recordings of Sleeping Village and Warning. It's fucking great. Wow. Nerd. But it's great. Gabe, Black Sabbath is a horror movie as well. Yeah, Mario Bava. Yeah. That's probably why I was afraid of this band growing up. (laughs) You should still be afraid of them. Oh, these times have got me drinking as I'm tripping up the stairs to an empty room left haunted by a ghost who once lived there. Now I'm tripping up the stairs through a sea of faceless bottles and the stench of the afternoon. I crawl into this coffin. Sure, I was dead before I knew Our morning starts mid sunset As the darkness fills my eye It's been so long since another soul Occupied this life so I head downstairs to a familiar friend Who comfort maybe talk About our roads less traveled And to the best times we ever had And to the best times we ever had Oh, these times have got me drinking As I'm tripping up the stairs To an empty room left haunted By a ghost who once lived there with the troubled As these times now make it clear And try forget till it's over When the last calls that you're in All these times have got me drinking As I'm tripping up the stairs Never asked for a perfect savior Never wanted, though I cared Now I'm tripping up the stairs Broken. Who'll be the next brave volunteer? Who'll be the next brave volunteer? All oh, these times of all us drinking As we're tripping up the stairs To an empty room left haunted By a ghost who once lived there All oh, these times have got me drinking 
As I'm tripping up the stairs Never ask for a perfect savior Never wanted though I cared Now I'm tripping up the stairs Mind yourself Mind yourself 